Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. Hello, it is uh, 8.23 on Thursday night. This is the second time that you all have been fortunate enough to receive the sensual tones of Chris Williams and John Miller here on Iowa Dulcet tones. Yeah, it's sensual tones, yeah. Sensual, yeah. baby. Yeah, you so wearing this... Kansas blue tonight because your Jayhawks are playing. Uh, yeah, I just, this is my color. Like, if I if I took the camera up to my closet um, right now and I showed you my closet, there'd be blue, 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 light blue, 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 gray, blue, 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 blue. Kind of like, you know, the old B movie, you know, black and uh-huh, gold, black and uh-huh, gold, black uh-huh. and gold. Golden black. Uh-huh. Yeah. I dig. Yeah, I'm blue. It's my color. We are here for a reason. Sorry. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna be honest with you. That air is from Cody Road. It's been one of those days, baby. I could smell it. I could smell the the magical aroma of Cody w- uh, Road wafting through the microphone. Uh, uh, Hawks are going to the Rose Bowl next year. I don't really? know if you heard. Really got, big breaking got, news. Is that why we're here? Got yourself a quarterback, Bulls. baby. Well, yeah, it seems like that. Um, Let's react so, to this. Cade McNamara is a hawk. He certainly beat the Hawks down, had a hand in beating the Hawks down pretty badly last year in Indianapolis. Um, you know, earlier this week, listen, you've known me a long time. Have I ever been anything but honest and transparent with you? For the most part. Don't be a douche. Just talking about when you, you used to do a lot of trolling. Okay, the troll that's that's a that's a that's a sh- that's <laughs> yes, show you, business. Okay. You've you've always been very honest and transparent with And I'm I'm never gonna change. As a matter of fact, I'm only getting more I mean, how, how can you get more honest than honest? Obviously, but what I'm about to tell you, you know, I'm not chasing cloud. If I was chasing cloud, I would have tweeted this about uh eighteen days ago. So on November 13th, I got a note out of nowhere um, from someone said, Hey, um, I'm hearing Cade McNamara is uh, leaving Iowa, leaving Michigan. He's going to Iowa. And I'm like, why in the world would he do that? And so then I reached out to a couple people. I know that that actually work the Iowa beat. I do not work the Iowa beat. And I said, Hey, are you hearing this? Like, yeah, that sounds like it's going to happen. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess there's something to it. I didn't tweet anything out. I'm not in the news breaking business. I just, this is what the business that I'm in is the reaction business. All right. So I'm like, I'm just going to step away, not say anything, let you guys handle it. Plus I don't like to interfere with what Iowa may do. You know, I've always been that way. It's not, it's not my business to, to break uh, news on injuries and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what, in this day and age, I'm just, I'm not saying anything. And the Iowa media members didn't say anything either. But what was really interesting, Chris, you may have noticed this, and you've been in the business, so you probably saw it and was like, oh, okay. Yeah. About six or seven guys that cover Iowa really closely at the right – once once the McNamara, <laughs> you know, enters the portal thing happened, all of them, bam, 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 bam. Cade McNamara, this is something worth monitoring. I said the same thing. This is worth monitoring. That's code for we all know this is going to happen – 
and everybody was sitting dead red on this. And when you see all those tweets at the same time from people, that lets you know, oh, that's going to happen. All right. Let me let me just be the I'm going to interview you. Okay. great. I'm looking for a job. Well, because you have way more insight on this than I do. I have questions. Um, One, does this mean that Brian Ferentz is still going to be the coordinator? Like, would Um, Cade McNamara commit somewhere not knowing what the offense is going to be and whatnot? Great question. Uh, That's an Occam's razor analysis answer. So my answer to that, strictly using logic, that's all I've got to go on, is correct. That's the right question and the right assumption. I believe that the McNamara, Team McNamara, has been told that it's not going to look the same as it's looked last year, which is the same as it's always looked. My guess is if I had to make a wager, and this Mm -hmm. is outside of Occam's right now, if I had to make a wager that Brian is going to be the offensive coordinator again, and then when Kirk holds his January news conference, which started actually in, at following the 2014 season. Oh, yeah, that was made, New Kirk. Yeah, when he made Bethard the starter over Rudock and then Rudock transferred to Michigan, that's when that January press conference started. Kirk's going to have another January press conference and say that uh, – I'm basically turning the reins over the offense to Brian. It's still going to look like Iowa. It's still going to have our fingerprints and our DNA, but it, there's going to be some some tweaks. Um, I've been holding Brian back, and f- frankly, blah, blah, blah. You're going to hear something like that. And that, that doesn't mean that I think Brian Ferentz is the best offensive coordinator of all time. But as I said uh, in my Sunday uh, reaction podcast this last week, I said, I don't know that I can fairly and accurately judge Brian Ferentz because of the systemic limitations that his father places on him for the offense that his dad wants to run. I think Brian does get in ruts too often. He gets away from the run. He did it several times this year. He did it a couple years ago against Northwestern in a game that they didn't need to throw the ball 50 sometimes in. But um, So, yeah, I think Brian Ferentz, very likely to be Iowa's offensive coordinator next year, but there's absolutely going to be uh, at okay. least January lip service to some changes are going to happen. Yeah, well, that was my follow-up because I just, I mean, I can't, if Brian Ferentz was going to be the coordinator I, I and it's going to be like we've seen for the last however many years, I just don't understand why a good no. transfer who could go get paid somewhere would go to Iowa. It doesn't make okay. any sense to right. me. My guess is he got a little scratch. Um, well, yeah, Proctor. I would think so. Peyton Proctor, I think, got a little scratch too. Tom Caker of Hawkeye Report reporting today, the first day of December, that Caden Proctor is going to come to Iowa. And I think Iowa uh, broke out a bag um, because Oregon broke out a bag. But, um, but yeah, so that's going to happen. Wouldn't surprise me to see a different quarterback's coach, um, uh, a different quarterbacks coach in the program. Matter of fact, I'd make a call to a guy that's only 90 minutes up the road north of them and Drew Tate at Northern Iowa. That's who I'd bring in. But I absolutely would break that out for sure. Okay. And not, and, and not have it be, uh, you know, John Budmeyer. Okay. Um, I want to address the other thing. Keegan Johnson's transfer. Uh, he announced today that he was going in the portal. And he, we didn't really see him much this year. I, I was in love with him last year. I was like, I thought that he had a different level to him that could really expand that offense. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there was a lot of stuff going on the, behind the scenes this year that we didn't really 
the public wasn't privy to. Correct. What is your reaction to that as far as the offense goes? Well, A, not surprising at all. Um, it was more than just injuries, and, and it was nothing um, – Mal, there was no malfeasance. There was no oh, he's not playing because he. Got, it's not he. He he just couldn't. He just couldn't play. And we'll leave it at that. And I wish him all the best. Everyone in the staff does. I know. Um, impact to Iowa. You don't want to lose a talent like that when you get him. But again, will I be surprised if Deontay Vines and or Arlen Bruce? Anybody who's a receiver in that program decides to go somewhere else? Absolutely not. Um, you don't go to college unless you're on the track team. You don't go to college as a football player, as a receiver, to block and run wind sprints. And that's what Iowa receivers have What year was done. it you wrote the column? It was a long time ago. <laughs> and here we are, 8, 10, 15 years later. I said, go to Iowa. You're a professional wind sprint runner if you're a receiver. I said, what? person in their right mind who has great receiving talent would go to Iowa. They had Kevin Casper's kid, you know, uh, who was born with black and gold. He went to Oregon, got a bag, didn't play much this year, doesn't matter. So to be to to commit to Iowa as a receiver, you either have to be a visionary or a masochist. And hopefully what we'll hear from Kirk in January on the heels of McNamara's commitment to Iowa uh, the transfer portal is going to be words that allows them to sell things a little better. Ultimately, the proof's going to be in the pudding next year. I mean, Lucy's putting that football down, and I think I can kick it. But until my foot hits the leather, which is next September, I'm skeptical. Well, didn't we hear stuff last? I'm just, I remember yes. having Chad Lice go on our show after that press yeah. conference, and it was like something about wrinkles and. Um, they brought that so, guy in from Wisconsin. Bud Meyer. Supposed to be yeah. a, <laughs> I mean, Bud Meyer. I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll I, I think we'll play I think by ear. Same with Iowa State and special teams, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah. You know. I think you're going to see a much more skeptical Iowa media group this year than last year, because Chad and everybody they didn't just make that shit up. No, they were, <laughs> they were told that. Yeah. And they look like idiots because uh, they been there, fellas. <laughs> there you go. Cheers. Story of my life. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. We listen. It's football. Everybody is feeding the narrative. Sometimes the media. Sometimes it's the coaches. And you should always have a red light if you're in the media. If the coach is like saying, especially coming out of the behind the walls of Fort Kinnick, hey, we're gonna we're gonna throw a few more wrinkles in this year. We've got this guy in. He's, uh, you know, doing this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're really excited about the changes we're going to have. So, what? When have you ever called me to tell me things like this? Usually you're like, get the hell out of the hallway. It's one minute after the press conference is over. And we don't want you scumbags in here. That's how yeah. it is. Not maybe to that extent, but that's... Starting to feel that way around Ames a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, so yeah. So, that fell on its face. So, going to have to be a lot of show me going on. Now, I don't know exactly what McNamara's surgery was for this week. Don't know the extent of how long he's going to be out. He's got two years to play, all right? But let's just say hypothetically he can be 100% himself, the four-star self that he was. I think the one time maybe even Notre Dame commitment that he was, all right? You know, in 14 games last year, um, 2021, 
He had a, a three to one touchdown to interception ratio, had a quarterback rating of 141.9. John, that sounds great. Quarterback rating, but I don't live in quarterback ratings. Give me some relativity to that. I'll I'll tell you that. That was the third best quarterback rating. In, it would have been um would have been the third best quarterback rating in 2020. Would have been the second best quarterback rating by a Big Ten quarterback in 2019. CJ Beathard had a quarterback rating of 139.5 in 2015. Again, McNamara's 141.9. Um, and uh, Nate Stanley, uh, his best quarterback rating was 2019 of 131.2. So McNamara quarterback rating, better than Beathard's best year, better than Stanley's best year. But let's go back a little further. Let's think back through the Kirk Ferentz era. Um, McNamara's 141.9, remember that, 141.9, would only be eclipsed by Ricky Stanzi's 1576 in 2010, which is the highest quarterback rating of any Iowa quarterback ever, Drew Tate's 146.4, again, 141.9 is a baseline, in 2004, and Brad Banks in 2002 had a 157.1, which was still not as high as Stanley's, but again, makes you think quarterback rating is at the NLBL because, you know, Banks is probably better than Stanley at that year. Um, and even going back even farther, you had both Chucks, Chuck Long and Chuck Hartley, who had higher quarterback rankings ratings and i think 87 for hartley 85 for for long long might have had two better and matt rogers never did so the performance that Cade mcnamara put forth in 2021 ranks highly amongst iowa quarterbacks over the last 40 years what do you think his performance would have been this year like how i'm not being a dick like how would that have changed yeah like for iowa if he played for iowa with this year's team what would iowa's record have been um Nine wins? Eight wins? Probably, I would say eight for sure. He's definitely won more, at least. He's he's definitely, uh, we'll say, wins above Iowa replacement. He's definitely (laughs) plus one, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not being a jerk. He's definitely a Petrus plus one, maybe one and a half. but But the reason why I hesitate is that offensive line, still the same offensive line. Yeah. Right? And, and frankly, Spencer Petrus took a beating. I don't yeah. know. You just, you know, how many quarterbacks out of 10 make it through the whole season without getting hurt? And, Pe- you know, Petrus made it 11.25 you know, games and he took a beating. So um, I, I, I don't know, but he, it, the quarterback play would have been better, but the offensive line still a problem. The next year, though, Proctor's coming in. You got to think, given what we saw this year, Proctor's going to find his way in the line. Is that going to be right tackle? Probably. Or left tackle. Um, then you've got you've you've got three other starters back, including your center that still has to get over this delayed. You know, I would be looking for a center in the portal. Frankly, um, I'd be looking for multiple offensive linemen in the portal, and I'd probably load up on uh, two for one wide receiver from Mac Conference deals if I could find them before Christmas shopping is over. It's a whole different world because my my thing with Iowa State is like take whatever you have like that you can afford in the collective and go to. The go and find the four best FCS offensive linemen you could find. FCS linemen go pro all the time. Absolutely, Northern Iowa, several of them. Yeah, do. and offer them twenty five k a piece. Hey, now you get to take charter flights. You get a better, you get a better dorm. You get all the, you know, right? Like there's, there's some like don't try and compete with Florida State for a, a transfer right. or Bama or even Iowa for that matter. Like go where other people aren't. You can take a good FCS lineman and at least put them in your two deep. It, it's another issue as to why Iowa's overly heavy reliance on zone blocking scheme is a problem. 
Because yeah. Most most of I these get what kids you mean. That, most of these kids that are going to transfer in aren't probably well versed in the zone scheme, and that is something that takes a little time. So once again, Iowa's overly complicated offense, which is almost a joke considering how poorly it performs year in and year out. It's too complicated for freshman receivers to come in and you know play 40 snaps a game from go, rarely. Uh, Keegan Johnson did that last year, but you know him, Dominic Douglas, was good. Khalil, Khalil Hill. Where do we're you talking think a very short list. Keegan, does he does he go big? Is he or does he drop down? Or is he like a great MAC receiver? Is he a guy my who ends up in Keegan, the SEC? My like, guess is he's going to wind up close to um, family. That'd be my guess. Where is Again, he from? Yes, Nebraska. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see him go there. Um, so, well, we need so, a receiver in Ames. You lost, you know, X can't be. We lost forever. X. You know, that's apparently the only guy you threw to. It reminded me of the old days of, uh, you know, Austin Arnaud de Blythe. That was your offense. Meyer de Blythe. Meyer, Meyer de Blythe. Um, yeah, sorry. Austin. Arnaud threw to Blythe some too, but yeah. 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 No, Meyer de Blythe. Meyer, Meyer de Blythe, de Blythe was, was the famous. Let's just go throw that baby up and let Blythe run down that, there and catch it. It was fun. Well, they, it, but it came back to they didn't have a running game. Right. You but know, X, talk- X, X is a pro, though. Oh, yeah. We talk about these quarterbacks, though. And you were talking about Petrus, and I truly believe in this, and, and the reason I do so much is because Brett Myers, a, a good buddy of mine, I've known Brett since we were we played against each other in the same conference growing up. Um, if you watch the progression of his career, and Iowa hasn't really experienced this, John, because you guys generally have good offensive lines. Over the course of Ference, that's like the strength of your team. Well, not so much lately – I've seen so many Iowa State quarterbacks over the years regress. And I know you all have too, but I think it's for a different reason. Brett Meyer was a like honorable mention type all Big 12 player as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And by the time he was a senior, dude's just seeing ghosts constantly. And yeah. you could see yeah. how it yeah. just messed with his head. Sure. The game sped up for him when it was supposed to be slowing down because he never had a running game. And I just wonder if that was part of Petrus's deal, too, now that we look back at it. I mean, the, the throws we saw him making in September, it was so bad. Like, he's not that bad. We all kind of knew it at the time, but I just wonder now, in hindsight, having watched this whole thing play out, how much that had to do with it. I, I think, and I've said this before, it's not PTSD. I'm not using this term to belittle anyone that's dealing with actual PTSD. Yes, we know that. But in, in a football sense you hear ghosts because you've gotten your clock cleaned and you begin to do things faster. I've said this before. I mean, I was just watching the Iowa women play before we came in and and I can see it in basketball too. Quarterbacking and three-point shooting all start one place. And if you get this one place right, chances are good that you're going to make a productive play and it's your feet. And I could sit there and I watching a game live and I could see the way Spencer would set up in the pocket. And if he got his feet under him, and I could see how he was how he was releasing it in combination with good feet, in my mind, in that split second, I'm like, that's a completion. And usually it was. Same thing with a good three-point shooter. They get their feet under them, and they get that elevation. Chances are it's going down. Petrus just would get too fast. Yeah. Those of, those of you that understand record players, if you've got an album, it's supposed to be at 33 RPMs. 
and you turn it up to 78 RPMs for like a single, you're going to get Alvin and the chipmunks. And that's what Petrus's brain was because he, he just never knew when he was going to get his clock clean because he'd gotten it clean before. So he tried too hard. He pressed because he wanted to do so well, and it just wasn't going to work out for him. McNamara comes in, doesn't necessarily have that mental baggage um, that we just described with Petrus. And if the offensive line is representative of an Iowa offensive line, this year's offensive line, Chris, we saw it with our eyes. But I have a friend of mine who does a lot of scouting and analysis, has been hired by professional NFL teams for his talents. He sent me a spreadsheet three weeks ago where he rated every Ference offensive line. This year's offensive line had the lowest rating of any of the Ference era. I think it's either this year's offensive line or Kirk's first offensive line when those guys were all 240 pounds and Kirk should have got turned into DHS. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good way to end it. I actually think Kirk might have been the one that said that line. So. Oh, okay. Well, it's, that's still a great line. Yeah, that's 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 really good stuff. All right, I gotta I gotta go put a three year old to bed. All right, what are you reading one. tonight? Good good night. I'm, I'm finishing my English Premier League book. No, <laughs> no, I meant what are you reading to your daughter? And if you read your daughter the English Premier League book, that's gonna be some bullshit. Man, we do uh, Peppa Pig books, and I have to do the English accent. That's the best. Yep. Grace had a book. It's called yep. Sophie's Dance Class. And there's like a little pull out things where you could make the uh, oh, yeah. to do pirouettes and arabesques and things. So I had to read that every night to her for a year. And then when I got done, she would give me a, and it was also like dancing with the stars was big. And we watched that as a family. So she would give me a rating every night on my dance moves. And I always poor scored horribly. And she thought that was the funniest thing ever because I would overreact and be pissed off. Like, what do you mean? I only get a two, you know? So, yeah. So, is uh I, is little Gracie at the Kansas game tonight? I doubt it. I think she's at her uh, apartment. Um, you know what's funny? Is that little Gracie? Hey. No, it's my wife. Oh, and I said, uh, "Hey, I'm gonna be recording a podcast, so uh, I'm gonna be out of out of contact for 20 minutes." Ding, ding, ding! Come on now. No, Grace is probably just hanging out in her apartment tonight. You know, she was there for not a big enough of a game. game. She's only there to rip down goalposts and celebrate national championships. I get it. Too too expensive. Not in dad's budget. I just I, Seton I mean, Hall on a Thursday night's not big enough of a game for Gracie to go to. Yeah, you know, she went to a preseason game, you know. I think she just likes going for the juice. Not like like actual juice, but I'm talking juice juice. Yeah, she doesn't really care about right, the go game. go take care of your three year old. Thanks for doing this. Oh, real quick, if you're watching, yeah. did you see I got our website up today? I did not. Yeah. Check it out. IowaEverywhere.com. I want to get your reaction to it real quick. Okay. Live live reaction. First time seeing it. Okay. I like the format. That is this is a WordPress uh content. Yeah, it's management a WordPress. System? Thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that right away. Only because I've built, you know, a dozens of that's good. That's clean. I like the colors. Not gonna lie. I like the it'll, colors. Well, it'll grow. You know, we'll expand so, from so, there. So so does this mean I get to start uh I can write columns now? Absolutely. Okay. Do whatever right. you want. I mean, the whole point of it is just to post our shows. But like, yeah, if if Kirk Ferentz quits and goes and coaches the Jaguars, we can put up a story. Like we have the, but I gotta have the manpower to do all that at some point. Yeah, two thousand three called said that story's old. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, sometimes I like to write. I've been known to like to write. Um, so 
I might. Just give me the keys and I'll, you know, go kick it around. All right. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. Thanks for you. watching on a Thursday night with us, everybody. Take care. Kate McNamara is a hawk. Rose. Iowa everywhere.